This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I've wanted to do this podcast for quite some time, but something else always came up, so I didn't get to it. But finally, I'm doing a topic that I've had on my mind for a while. So value investing is filled with a lot of legendary investors. Probably the most famous of all is Warren Buffett, of course. But this podcast episode isn't about him. So the lessons aren't necessarily coming from Mr. Buffett, but it's about another legend. His name is Jean-Marie Eviard. And as you may guess from the name, he is French. But uh, he started his career back in the 1960s. He moved to the United States in 1968, and he started work as an analyst, and then in the 1970s became portfolio manager at a company that has now been called First Eagle uh, Global Fund is the one that he took over. And remember, 1970s, that's when mutual funds were all the rage, and if you were any kind of investment manager, you wanted to manage a mutual fund. That would be like Peter Lynch at Fidelity as well, who became really well known. But um, Jean-Marie Aviard was at First Eagle Global Fund, and obviously it was a global uh, investment fund. And he has been a value investor for basically over 50 years now. And he worked as the manager at First Eagle Global Fund from 1979 all the way to 2004. So that's quite a long streak. And here's what his returns were, according to Morningstar. During that time, that fund returned 15.8% versus 13.7% for the S&P 500. So he's beating the S&P 500 by two full percentage points, which is very difficult to do, as most of you know, who are trying to beat the index. Granted, that was during the huge bull market, but remember at the end of that bull market when we got the dot-com boom, it was growth stocks that were really booming and not the value, so it makes it even more impressive. In 2001, Morningstar named him International Manager of the Year, and then in 2003, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award also from Morningstar. So he's pretty well known, but you might not have heard of him before because he did retire in 2004. He's still a senior advisor to First Eagle and to that fund. Um, He's now in his late 70s and he does give some interviews every once in a while. So I dug up a couple of those off the internet to see kind of what his views are lately in in the last decade after the Great Recession, and to pull out any kind of tidbits we can get from um, one of these legendary and value investors, because it's always good to go look and see what they did, what works, and um, little secrets we can gather from them, of course. Um, Interestingly, in most of his interviews, he does uh, basically mention and talk about a lot of the methods of Warren Buffett, actually. Um, They differ a little bit, uh, at least in the beginning of his career, they differed on how they did the value investing. But um, Mr. Eviard eventually went to the Warren Buffett style towards the end of his career, it seems. So that's kind of an interesting take, too. And I'll talk a little bit about what that is a little bit later in this episode. So, um, Looking at some of the old interviews, one thing that really stuck out to me is 
how they um, defined value, how they went about trying to find value companies at the Global Fund. So they had a bunch of analysts who would go and investigate the companies, and then they would bring it to Eviard as the manager and say, this is what we found, this is what we like, what we don't like. And he would ultimately make you know the final decision on what companies would go into the fund, obviously. But the interesting thing is he always asked them, the analysts, to bring three to five business characteristics of the company. And then he said this. Um, he said they they try to think they understand the business. They think they like the business. And then they think that other investors are mispricing the business. And then um, he also talks about how value investors don't really have an edge, uh, that that edge um, doesn't come from having some kind of unusual information that the market doesn't have. Because think about it in today's market. We all have access to the annual reports, the conference calls, the press releases. But for value investors, it's really about how you use all that information that's out there. Um, growth investors just looking for the growth – Maybe momentum investors looking for the momentum, but the value has to dig a little bit deeper because you have to find something that the market is overlooking there um, and that the market is running away from. So his second point really is that value investors will ultimately lag growth. It's just inevitable. And right now we're seeing that because growth stocks are on one of their biggest outperformances basically in the last 50 to 60 years. So he probably didn't even have to deal with a growth outperformance like this. He only had to deal with it in the late 1990s. And he talks a lot in his more recent interviews about the late 1990s because he didn't buy tech or telecom. Those were the two hot ones there. And between 1997 and 2000, when the growth stocks were really booming, everybody was saying Warren Buffett was too old, value was over, they were out of the loop. Why aren't they in Cisco? Remember those days? That's what was happening. But his global fund lost seven of 10 shareholders. Like So the investors, seven of 10 of them, even though he had outperformed all those years before, they just abandoned him. They just said, no, I'm out of here because the returns on growth were simply too great. Remember in 1999, the NASDAQ, the, the index was up 100%. So why would you be in some global fund that maybe was at 10 or 15% return for that year when the NASDAQ was up 100, right? So the big uh, key thing that he talks about is that value investors have to have patience. Really, value investors are pretty rare. The reason they're rare is because it's mostly psychological. This is a point that Eviard makes over and over again. How many are willing to buy the forgotten stock when all anyone can talk about is FANG? In certain periods, like right now, you're going to lag. Um, Buffett really was fortunate enough that Apple was cheap enough for him to buy a big chunk of this one of the fangs and the big growth stock. Otherwise, he's really been stuck buying the airline stocks. Yes, he's buying those airlines. He has four of them now. And he's buying some other boring big caps because he can't buy the more interesting small cap value stocks. Um, Aviard also had an interesting quote in one of the interviews where he said, to lag is to suffer. And suffering is painful. So that is true also of value investors. How long have you held a stock or an ETF that wasn't going the right way? 
And right now, again, as we see, we may be lagging for several years and waiting, waiting for that time for value to come back in. That's why I have uh, defected from the value investor um, mantra to some extent, and I encourage value investors who are suffering to buy some purely growth stocks for fun. It doesn't have to be a big part of your portfolio. Some of you know that uh, if you follow me on Twitter that I recently bought some shares of Funko. It's a crazy toy company that makes all these uh, pop culture toys. I just kind of like the story. Yes, it's not cheap. It's not like super expensive, but it's definitely not a value stock. But I bought it for fun. Um, Again, it's a small percentage of my overall portfolio. But if you're suffering and you just can't take it anymore, there is some relief and you should get some. Now, um, remember too, like I just mentioned with Buffett, there are some growth names that have also been values like Apple has been. And then a lot of the semiconductors like Micron, if you had bought that when it was really cheap over a year ago, you're doing quite well in that stock and a whole bunch of the other semiconductors. So there still is some hot growth names that can be values. And I'm also eyeing, once again, those Chinese stocks. They continue to fall. Um, They're looking a little more juicy now after some of them have reported their earnings reports. And people are running away, running away from those Chinese stocks. So take a look at some of those areas because you might be surprised. So another thing that Eviard likes to look at when he is... uh, um, trying to figure out what companies to buy is the balance sheet. He doesn't want to look just at the PE ratio. He wants to look beyond that. So he has a quote in one of the interviews where he said, um, he's quoting someone else where he said, we want stocks to be safe and cheap. And by safe, that means the balance sheet. And he mentions Buffett because Buffett sometimes goes beyond um, just the balance sheet analysis. And this is where they disagreed for a while, but now Eviard has kind of gone over to the Buffett side. So Buffett is famous for buying businesses that have moats. That's where he gets his safety. So it's not necessarily that it's just the discount in the business, but it's that it has the safety in the moat. And Eviard didn't always invest that way in the beginning, but he has come around to seeing the value of having the moat in there. And the uh, metric that Eviard likes to use to find cheap stocks is the enterprise value over the EBITDA. And that's also known as the enterprise multiple, which is just what I'm going to call it throughout. But what it is, is the enterprise value divided by the earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So the enterprise value, if you don't know what that is, is the sum of the company's market cap, its debt, its preferred stock minus cash and cash equivalents. I know that sounds like, what? What is she talking about? (laughs) Um, But basically, it's the total value of the firm. You don't really need to know what it all is and and you know like how do i how do i find all that information tracy no because at like the pe these um this fundamental is already can be calculated for you in screeners a lot of when you add all this in it's called the enterprise multiple like i said so um that's just kind of easier to use but you'll see the ev over the ebitda uh fundamental out there and that's what this is And what are we looking for with that? Just like with PE or price to sales or price to book, the lower it is, the better. And why do people want to use this versus the PE? 
it's basically because it has some interesting little tidbits in there that you don't get with the PE, like the debt. A lot of them want to know, um, you know, what what the debt is because it gives you a bigger picture on the overall value, like I said, of the company. So he likes to use that. So I decided I'm going to use it too for this podcast because we've never screened for this before. So. I decided to screen for it, but much like when you screen for PEs, you should use more than one metric. You shouldn't just use the enterprise multiple and be like, okay, I'm done. Here's all my companies. No, like add some other things to it so that um, you're getting some other value metrics in there too. So I screened for the enterprise value and I screened for under 10 because 10 is considered uh, the healthy level by the investment industry, basically. And anything under 10 is considered a value. So I screened for under 10. Then I added the PE of 15 or under, because that's what we normally screen for, for value. And then I added this X rank of ones or twos, because I did want those rising earnings estimates. And we're you know, getting towards the back end of earnings season now. So we've got a lot of earnings reports in and the ones and twos should give me some of the ones that had some good earnings reports. So I put all those in the screen. I got 132 stocks. That's pretty good, actually, considering I screened for the best of the Zach's rank too. So I picked out five that were intriguing. Now, I'm just going to give you basically the overview of what the enterprise multiple is and the PE on these. So you're going to have to go research some more because that's what Eviard would do. He doesn't just screen and be like, okay, I'm done. He goes in there and finds out more about what the business is doing. Um, so I encourage that as well. So let's dive in right into the stocks here. So the first one out is one we've talked about in the past, and it is Sony, ticker SNE. I own this one in the value investor portfolio um, that I have here at Zacks. They just reported a great quarter. The music side of the business is really picking up steam now. They're one of the biggest music publishers in the world. Content is king, so I like that. Um, their enterprise multiple is just five, and their PE is 13.3. So um, both well within the range there for Sony. So if you're looking for big cap foreign company, that might be one to keep on your list. Then the next company is the smallest one out of all these five, and it is Carrizo Oil and Gas, ticker CRZO. You know I had to get an energy in there, right? The the screen did give me quite a few energy companies. So this is an EMP with a $2 billion market cap. They have production in the Eagle Ford Shale and the Delaware Basin. Both of those are in Texas. Um, I still like the oil plays here with crude hanging out around $65 to $70. This has a P of 8 and it has an enterprise multiple of 8.5. Then our third company is back to the big caps, Intel. INTC is the ticker there. It's been kind of out of favor for a little while compared to the other big chip companies. Um, so not surprising, it fits right into these value metrics. It has an enterprise multiple of 8.5 and a PE of just 11.8. And then switching over to the largest rental company in North America, this is Equipment Rental, 
It's been a while since I talked about this one. United Rentals, URI is the ticker there. I own this in my personal portfolio. I used to own it in the Value Investor, but that was a couple of years ago. It has an enterprise multiple of seven. It has a PE of 9.3. This kind of company does well when the economy is booming, like we're seeing here now. It's very hot because it is supports all the construction equipment. So if you're building a casino or a hotel or a big office building um, or a big petrochemical plant or anything like that, you're going to rent your equipment from United Rentals um, or its competitors. So it's seeing very good numbers right now. That is ticker again, URI. And then we're going to finish up with a drug stock. I know, surprising here, Gilead, G-I-L-D. And that one has an enterprise multiple of 6.3. The PE is 11.7, so it fits within the screener. But I know many of you are negative on Gilead. We've talked about it as a value trap in the past. And as with any company, but certainly with the drug companies, you have to know what the pipeline looks like, what does earnings growth look like, and um, that's why Eviard's research doesn't just look at the screen, because you might be like, Gilead, Tracy, no, no, Gilead, (laughs) Um, but... That's why we screen too. So we can get some ideas and then we can further look and see if it's really what we think it is. So start with the screen and move on from there to look at the quality of the business. So Jean-Marie Aviard, interesting career and um, a big time value fan. But his main takeaway would be for you that you have to have the patience. You have to understand you're going to lag the overall market at certain points when growth is outperforming, which is what's happening right now. You have to have a longer-term outlook. Don't look at your stock daily to see what it's doing. That's for traders, not for longer-term investors, which is what value investors usually are. can take a while for the value story to unveil itself. A lot of companies that people hate or ran away from or sold because they're like, oh, it's over, you know, this whole industry is awful or whatever the reason they sold and, and ran away, um, it could take several years for that industry to turn itself around. So that's uh, some tips from one of the big time legendary value investors and using his screen again, or at least partially his screen, using that enterprise uh, multiple um, metric, which is very interesting. We're going to have to use that again on another episode because I did like what came back in the screen with that one. But those tickers again, if you are interested in those, is Sony, which is ticker SNE. We had Carrizo Oil and Gas, which is C R Z O, Intel INTC, United Rentals, URI, and Gilead again, G I L T. And as always, you want to subscribe so that you get all of the stock picks here every week on The Value Investor. I'll be bringing some more tips from other legendary value investors. And then, of course, just the value stocks that are uh, being, you know, out there. When we're seeing a few more now with the Chinese stocks pulling back. So you never know where you're going to find the value. So subscribe on Spotify. Uh, we have a standalone show there. We're also on uh, Apple Podcasts with our own show. And you can get us under Zach's Market Edge on SoundCloud as well. So be sure to get two for one over there. And I'll see you again next week. <laughs>